You are listening to The Riding, NFL DFS podcast with Pat James. Welcome, everybody, to the BMW Championship edition of the Ride in DFS and Betting Podcast. Before I start, if you haven't yet, please rate and review the podcast. Going to be giving away some Millionaire Maker entries into uh, the first NFL DFS week of the season. A couple of them to, to hand out. So if you haven't yet, rate, review, and if you already have, don't worry, because I'm going to go back a couple months and throw everybody's name into the ring. So if you tried and failed for some of the previous giveaways that I've done, uh, your review and your rating will still be in the mix for the Millionaire Maker Week 1 NFL entry giveaway. All right, so a few things. First of all, my neighbors are moving out, I think. I don't know. So there's like eight grizzly bears that are hauling couches and dishwashers out their front door about 40 yards from me. So, you know, there's trucks reversing and beeping and people yelling and things dropping. So this might be, there might be some calamity on this podcast. Um, we'll We'll have to wait and see. But, you know, I actually waited about 10 minutes because there was like, you know, some type of sumo wrestling match in the front yard with a couch. So, um, you know, we, we might hear a shout or a truck slamming doors, things of that nature. But hopefully uh, you won't be too distracted and neither will I. The Northern Trust wasn't great. Gooch hit the top 20. That was one of the things that, I mean, I tweeted that out maybe Sunday night or Monday morning that he just kept popping and popping and popping in every model. I know, you know, most of the people that used Fantasy National and entered in some of the the stats that you would normally enter in kept winding on, winding up on Gooch. I saw a lot of people had some Gooch top 20, so it's not like I pulled it out of thin air. He just lined up really nice for that course, and he had been in good form. So he did. He finished T18. Um, hopefully you had him on a site that didn't have dead heat reduction because I think 25 players ended up tying for a top 20 score. So, you know, it does get reduced a little bit, but still a nice hit. The outright card did not fare so well. Um, I had some, you know, some people stalking. Webb had a pretty nice... Friday and Saturday, uh, so he was like, you know, pushing it towards the end there, but I mean, DJ just, if he didn't have DJ, it was over, he just absolutely ran away with it, but Morikawa ejected early, Matsuyama looked like he was going to do work and, and just never amounted to anything, um, the entire card at one point, you know, were, were popping, but DJ just ran away with it, period, um, first round leader, uh, again, almost had, I think Steele was up there at the beginning, and, you know, Gooch made a run too, but it just wasn't our week. And, you know, I mean, you can't expect to hit an outright or a first-round leader every week. And I think it's this is the first week in maybe four tournaments that we haven't had an, an outright or a first-round leader. So, um, you know, it's expected to have your ups and downs. Okay, so Olympia Fields. Very interesting course breakdown here. So it's a par 70, about 7,300 yards. So a longer par 70. Um, from what I'm reading, like I, I see a lot of diff differing opinions. Um, I did check out a pot. There is a podcast floating around 
from the director of, uh, I think it's, it might be the general manager of the course. It might be somebody within the PGA. I, I couldn't even really um, discern. But he mentions that uh, the rough is up five inches. Uh, the fairways are tight. The greens are fast. So he, and the greens are pretty small at this place too. So he thinks that it's going to play fairly tough. I've seen some people, you know, just assume that it's going to be a FedEx Cup style birdie fest. Um, so I think, you know, I really don't know, <laughs> to be honest. But what I do know is I think that class players are going to, you know, pop at the top of the leaderboard again this week. Um, the first hole is like a 630 yard par five. Probably going to be difficult for most guys to have eagle looks on that hole. So what I am concentrating on Here's how I built this model. Obviously, strokes gained approach and opportunities gained always get baked in pretty heavily. Um, I also looked at strokes gained off the tee and fairways gained and driving distance, right? I Instead of just going strokes gained off the tee, I split that into a third of strokes gained off the tee, a third driving distance, and a third fairways gained on Fantasy National because I think it's going to be important to be in the fairway this week um, if, you know, the reports are true and the rough is up. Just pounding it down there might not get uh, a, might not get you into the best position if you are going to be ankle deep in some rough. The fact that this is a fairly long par seventy, I baked in uh, approach shots from over one seventy five and two hundred. I also am going to look at. I, I always put in strokes gained putting. Um, I also am going to look at strokes gained around the green. Not something that I normally look at. However, with smaller greens and apparently fast greens, I don't know if approach shots are going to hold. So there we go. Hear it? I don't know if that 18 wheeler hauling away a load of washers and dryers or something. So, you know, I think I'm going to put, I put in a little bit of around the green because I think if you aren't, it's going to be a little bit harder to hit greens this week. And I think, you know, the long, long approaches and smaller greens, we're going to see a lot of guys around the green in the rough um you know with up and downs for par so i did bake in some strokes gained around the green and one of my outright bets is going to be because of um or you know the reason i'm betting this this player outright is because of their brilliant around the green game i think par four scoring is going to be very important this week because there is basically going to be one gettable par five. So, I mean, I don't think it's going to be crucial to be a great par five, you know, uh, on and two type player. Uh, I think it's going to be more prudent to be a very good par four scorer. And then obviously I did, um, it's not baked into the model, but I do have it listed on my uh, little stat sheet here long par 70 players, right? So guys that play long par 70s very well. Okay, right off the bat, my card is going to look like this. First, Firstly, Patrick Reed. Uh, so here's the deal with Patrick Reed. He is a very good long par 70 player. He ranks out fifth all time in strokes gained on long par 70s. He is a great par four scorer. He's great around the green. He's one of the, the players that I mentioned I'm going to be on because of his around the green game. And his number is nice. He's still, he's hanging around in the mid-30s right now. I'm pulling the trigger on 
Patrick Reed. Additionally, he rates out pretty well from the long iron ranges. Uh, his form is good. So honestly, I think Patrick Reed can really make a push here. And the same with Jason Day. Both these guys drop back into the 30s. So I am pulling the trigger. I'm not a big Jason Day guy. I don't think I've bet him at all during the restart. In fact, I know I haven't bet him at all during the restart. But he's in good form. He plays long par 70s very well. And he's another around the green magician. And, you know, his putter is notoriously good. So I think he will be able to save a lot of pars this week if the course plays tough, right? So I don't know if the course is going to play tough. I don't, you know, you hear, I'm hearing different things from different people that it's not, it's going to be a birdie fest. It's going to play tough. So my card is going to kind of attack it from both angles. I'm going to have some guys that I think will play well if it's tough, some guys that I think will play well if it is a birdie fest. So those two, Reed Day on the card. Hatton, man, I found him at 37 to one uh, and pulled the trigger there because I didn't think he was going to get much higher than that. He is a beast with his long irons, right? So I think that's why I'm going to have him on my card as well. He's a great par four scorer and he plays long par 70s well also. Webb Simpson, he's lingering around at 20 to one, uh, 22 to one. I've seen him in some spots. Webb's a notoriously good par 70 player. If the rough is very penal, and I want a guy like Webb, a guy that's going to keep it in the fairway, hit greens, um, be decent around the green. Like, really the only thing that Webb may struggle with is driving distance. So if this is a birdie fest, and it doesn't matter where your tee shots land, Webb can, you know, still compete in a birdie fest as well. But I think he would be at an advantage if it's a tougher, you know, up, get up and down type tournament. So those are the four that I'm looking at. I'm looking at adding one more, right? So I have I have Webb at 20. We have Jason Day, Patrick Reed, and Terrell Hatton all in the 32 to 37 range. So and I'm not playing a ton of first round leaders this week because the numbers just aren't good. Same thing with top 10s and top 20s. So I do have one more uh, room for one more on the card. going to go five Five winners haven't decided. I am down between going back to Morikawa, Daniel Berger, Hideki, or Fino. I'm going to add one of those guys. Uh, not quite sure who it is yet, but one of those guys will make it on to the card to make it a solid five. Um, as for top tens and twenties, I am going to go back to Gooch because uh, he's in such good form. Brendan Steele rates out really well at this course. He kind of popped like Gooch popped last week. So Brendan Steele and Russell Henley, those three guys are going to be my only top 10, top 20s, and first-round leaders. Normally, I put together like an 8 or 10-person first-round leader card. Not happening this week. Numbers just aren't great, and I can't see many of the guys like down in the, you know, the, there's not a really there's not really a lot of guys that have great numbers, and I can't really see the guys that have long odds, you know, reeling off a, a hot Thursday anyway. So Henley, Steele, Gooch, top 10, top 20 first round leader. Those are the only three bets. So we're saving a lot this week on those type bets. All right, let's get into DraftKings. I'm probably only putting in like maybe five or 10 lineups this week with 70 players in the field. I just want my, I just want a small core of guys. Um, the top 10 in the model that I created goes DJ, 
Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa. And for that fact, I mean, Morikawa, he played pretty awful last week. His long irons just weren't good for some reason. But he, again, pops in the model, as does Russell Henley, which is why he is on the top 10, 20, and first-round leader. Uh, Webb Simpson rates out fifth. Matthew Wolf is sixth. Victor Hovland is seventh. John Rahm is eighth. Brendan Steele is ninth. And Matsuyama is tenth. So what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to trust the model this week. A lot of times I go through and I say, you know, I'm not I'm not too interested in that guy. I'm not too interested in that in that guy, even if he is like top ten or eleven in the model or something like that. But I'm going to trust the model this week. Uh, Kevin Na. Here's some of the guys. Here's some of the lower end guys that pop. Brendan Steele, Kevin Na, uh, Gooch, Mark Hubbard, Jason Kokrak, Kevin Streelman. Those are the five guys from the lower priced range that I'm probably going to have a bunch of. If you want to go one or two deeper, Tyler Duncan and Richie Warinsky also pop a little bit as well. Um, but I'm going to mix in most of those top 10 guys into my five or 10 lineups and then uh, you know, go with those guys that I just mentioned. Brendan Steele, Mark Hubbard, Taylor Gooch, Kevin Streelman, Richie Warinsky, Tyler Duncan. Um, if you want to play uh, like an around the green angle, um, guys that are just really good around the green players, Brian Harmon, Mackenzie Hughes, Charles Howell. Those are really good around the green players. If you want to, if you want to play just a par 70, like long par 70 angle, the best players uh, there are going to be really, um, you know, class players. You're not going to see many guys pop on long par 70s that are just so-so PGA Tour players like Dustin Hideki, Jason Day, Xander, Patrick Reed, Terrell Hatton, Webb, Finau, Louie. Those are the guys that pop on long par 70s. So, you're probably not going to be able to create a, like a long par 70 lineup because it's most of the guys that are just really good. Um, if you want to go from like an accuracy angle, like a fairways hit angle, um, you know, there's Brendan Todd, there's Andrew Landry, there's Tyler Duncan. Those guys hit, hit tons of fairways despite not being extremely long. Same thing with Streelman. So I think this week what I'm going to do when I build my 5 or 10 lineups, it is going to be... Uh, based on each stack category, right? So I'm going to build like a par 70 lineup or two. I'm going to build an around the green lineup or two. I'm going to build a long iron lineup or two. The best long iron players, um, John Rahm, Hideki, Kokrak, Steele, Matthew Fitzpatrick even pops there, Russell Henley, Matthew Wolf. Those guys are really good with their long irons from 200 plus. Morikawa's in that range too. Tony Finau, obviously. So those are the guys that I'm going to build my long irons uh, lineups around. So this week, I'm basically going to concentrate on um, putting correlating guys that... Cause the, and the reason for that is because I really, you know, it's it's a course that's been played like twice in the last 20 years. So we don't have a ton of data um, at Olympia Fields. We don't really know how the course is going to play. We do know that it can, you know, it could possibly... It's very long, obviously, and it could possibly play easier for bombers if the rough is not very penal. It could possibly play tough for bombers, or at least you would have to be in the fairway if the rough is penal. Uh, we do know for a fact that the greens are small and around the green is probably going to be necessary if you're not hitting greens. So that's why there's an around the green angle there as well. 
Uh, but par 70, around the green, long irons, fairways gained. Those are four correlation type lineup builds that I will be making on DraftKings with the players that we just discussed. Very quick, a rundown of the betting card. Top 10, top 20, and first round leaders coming from three guys. Taylor Gooch, Russell Henley, Brendan Steele. And then four definite outrights at this point. Terrell Hatton, Patrick Reed, Jason Day, Webb Simpson with uh, the possibility of adding one, maybe two. I mean, like, because I have like zero money invested in top 10, top 20 first round leaders. So I have a lot to play with if I'm going to use my normal bankroll allotment. But we'll see. I'll put the card out on Wednesday night and um, may add Morikawa, may add Finau, may add one of those guys we talked about. But as of right now, it is uh, just those four that we mentioned. One last thing before I go, uh, I'm releasing slowly, day by day, some strategy preview primer episodes to get you ready for the NFL DFS season. Make sure you check those out if you are also playing NFL DFS on DraftKings. A lot of good millionaire, millionaire maker stats. A lot of good um, how the chalk bid stats, things like that, to get you ready to build your cash and GPP lineups. Good luck with all your lineups and bets at the BMW Championship. You are listening to The Riding, NFL DFS podcast with Pat James.